Earshot with Steve Martin. Great radio production and the people who make it means this is Earshot. Isn't that right, Hayley? Yes, Earshot is a show that loves hearing from people who create radio campaigns, promotions, advertising and imaging that help make today's radio so vibrant and competitive. That's ace researcher Hayley Hayes with us here. I'm Steve Martin, ambassador of radio. And with us here in my production embassy, the creative consulate, is the man behind the brand new sound of BBC Radio 5 Live. He's Ollie Raphael. What delights can we look forward to later in the show, Ollie? A full understanding uh, into the unique sound of a unique station. And later, I'll be answering questions from the last show in Haley's homework. But first up today within Earshot is a radio imaging story from Ireland as we hear about the genesis of new work created for 2FM by Real World. 2FM is the national broadcaster's CHR format station there. It's a big deal in Ireland. And Pete Maguire is 2FM's lead imaging producer. When I met him and Real World's Paul Fernley, Pete explained how the station is on a modernisation journey. Uh, well, we just worked at Real World there a couple of months back and um, we rebranded the station and it took about two, year, two or three years to shift the station's personality and shift the, uh, you know, who, who 2FM is. It was originally kind of, it always said it was a youth station, but over the years the presenters got older and it just, it wasn't a youth station. So over the last few years they've been trying to, you know, re-image the station, rebrand it and shift you know, it's not seen as it wasn't seen as cool or a youth station. So over the last two years, they've been working on the brand. Um, so a new visual logo, just playing off some of the old logos, and uh, another company made it. So they kind of a creative company, uh, Image Now. They did it. Um, what else did they do? They changed the lineup. The presenters are all kind of new over the last few years. They've they've just, and especially last few months, there's been some new presenters to the station. So yeah, it's just shifted slowly to a new station and a new sound. So. And Paul from Real World, what was the challenge that you were set by the station? Press reset, find something new, find our new sound. Um, there, was, there was a few key words. It had to be authentic, which is one of the words we see quite commonly on creative briefs. It had to be contemporary. And it had to be something that hadn't been heard on Irish radio before. It was really a reset project to make, make it sound different and stand out. And what were your reference points for the stimulus? I think we, we'd, we'd had great success with the project we'd recently completed in the UK for BBC Radio 1 Extra, and that was a, a combination of standout voices that weren't imaging voices per se. They were real people who were working in the music scene and the music industry that we put together to create the imaging. And so we thought we wanted to do something similar, but on a more CHR, uh, pop music-focused strand. So that's kind of where the, the starting point came. Strong musicality, great voices pulled together in a really compelling uh, varied package so lots of different sounds lots of different processing lots of different surprises across it so it doesn't sound the same it's exciting I know what it's like in uh, public radio stations sometimes to get agreement for big bold ideas what were the challenges internally that you had to overcome to get this idea sold in well I was only at the station 10 months now but this project has been you know in the in the pipe works for two years now so you know people slag me enough for saying oh you have it handy you know you, you started and then it happened whereas people before me and uh, my colleagues have been working on this in the background for two years so it's been a really long and for them a painful slow process but for me I got in and it was just like we need to re-image the station and then I came up with the kind of creative audio brief for 
what it should sound like. Why was it painful? Because we all love radio. Well, for them it was, just because, you know, a company like RTE, it has lots of layers of management, and it was just, people were stuck in, in the same old ways, and it just took a new... Dan Healy came in, and he was the new uh, head of 2FM, and he had a vision that, you know, other people before him didn't, so it took him two years to get the green light, which trickled down to us, and then we went in and got, a, got the ball rolling from an audio point of view. And when Real World came back to you with this creative idea based around voices, yeah. what was the reaction? It was amazing. Uh, we, we tendered it out to a couple of companies. Um, they all kind of had the same idea. You know, we'd come up with the different voices, but it was a Real World that came out on top. They just kind of understood the briefs the most and uh, delivered a package that we were pretty much blown away by. Well, Paul, we're going to hear a lot of the cuts from the package uh, in just a moment, but I know you personally were heavily involved in finding these voices and selecting them and getting them fused into the package. How did that work? I think you know, it's all well and good us standing here and going, we wanted something that was authentic, but to deliver that, you've got to do the process to find those voices. So we, um, we spent a lot of time searching for the right voices to, to be pulled together to make it sound that in the end, I think there's 11 or 12 individual voices that have been pulled together. Some are singing, some are doing spoken word, um, but the whole idea was just to go out and find the voices. So some of them were found through SoundCloud, some were found uh, on YouTube and YouTube videos, YouTubers. Um, some were people who were at music colleges and we've got good relationships in the real world with BIM, which is a series of music colleges across the UK and Ireland um, and also then we did uh, open auditions it's the first time that I've been involved in such a process where we went to a couple of universities around Ireland and did open auditions with me Pete uh, and Lisa uh, Pete's colleague from RTE and we sat and we welcomed people in one morning in Dublin we saw 50 different people who we got to read song lyrics to us just to get a taste of their voice and see how it fitted and then our job was to work out what roles each of those voices filled and put them together to create the sound. And Pete, for those voices, those people you met, how important was it for them to know that they were going to be part of something that was heard right across Ireland? It was really exciting, especially for the, the younger kind of students that we met. They were all quite eager to have a pop at it. Uh, two of the voices, in fact, are from our office and with no voiceover experience. And In fact, one of the main voices, Adam, he's no voiceover experience and he's just shone through as one of the stars of, of we call it the 2FM band, and uh, yeah, he's, he's really happy and proud of, of the sound. And you're a national station, yes. so you can't just use voices from Dublin. No, not at all. Um, part of the talent search, we went around Ireland, we went to Galway with Paul, and we went to DCU, which is a college in Dublin. And in these colleges, you find a collection of different voices, you know, from different countries, different parts of Ireland. So with the talent search, we were able to find really unique and a quite uh, different number of voices and accents that fit the mix. and because 2FM's nationwide, so it needs to be just outside Dublin. You don't realise the value of those things until you're out there doing it. And I think, you know, we're all, like, we all make that thing of going, we'll go to a voiceover agency, or we'll find some jingle singers, we'll put them together and it's done. Actually, I think we've got a better sound, a better quality of sound, by taking the time and finding those real voices to go in the mix. That's always tough, but I wonder, have any of the voices that you've selected for this project genuinely got a future as voice artists or singers? I think Adam, would you say Adam? There's a few of them. Ethan as well does a bit of voiceover work. Uh, Adam, who had no previous voiceover experience, he's one of our main voices now. And uh, yeah, he's, he's loving the, the limelight. 
one of the interesting challenges was finding a way of making this package work as a branding package but then also work for commercial messaging because that's very different skill sets you can have a lot of fun with imaging voices but then them also translating into uh, you know, the commercial messaging and one of our concerns was actually we didn't want to end a position where you got in a generic voiceover or an American voice there's still a lot of American voiceovers in Irish radio and I was really adamant that actually what we had to find was voices that had the quality that could work for your sponsor tags and your uh, gig promos because it has to feel like one and if other stuff starts appearing elsewhere on the station we've not done our job properly and actually we succeeded by actually finding a number of voices that have worked on on the wider stuff and pete it is a really competitive market the the irish music radio market Uh, how happy are you now that uh, 2fm is distinctive and authentic I'm over the moon, like, uh, I've heard from friends and colleagues who work in other stations that they're, like, finally taking a note of 2FM now, and agencies are impressed with the new sound, so I think in a year or so we'll be, we'll be up there as the station that people will be looking at, whereas before 2FM would look at the local stations for inspiration. I think the shift is it's happening now, 2FM is the place for, like, to hear the latest imaging and the hottest sound. Pete, you're having to use this stuff on the air and work with it in production now. What's it like to be loading it up into Pro Tools and working with it? It's amazing, yeah. Like, we've recorded... They sent over the vocals for everything, so it's quite easy to mix and match different elements together, both harmonically, and it's just it's really fun to put new stuff together out of what they've delivered us. Great. OK, well, we're going to hear some audio now. Paul, what should we be listening out for? I think, I think it's being able to hear really authentic sung vocals alongside spoken word. And actually... Jingles and jingle singing gets a bad rep. These things are really clean and they sound like the music that you play on the radio station and that's what we were aiming for. Okay, let's press that big play button. Real World presents 2FM. The sound of the nation. It's the sound of the nation. 2FM. Show off what you got. 2FM. Oh, won't you And then 
That's a great sound, and that's totally unique to that station, which is exactly what you want with a custom package, of course. I remember Hayley uh, commissioning a package from an imaging company many years ago, and they said they were very proud of the work, but they complained that they could never syndicate it to other stations because it was so unusual. That's a bit strange, isn't it? Well, not my problem. Not my problem. I love the work too. Uh, Getting out across Ireland, of course, to cast those new voices, that's a brilliant idea. And I think it's touches like that that separate the best imaging companies from all the rest. So, Ollie Raphael from Delicious Digital is with us uh, within earshot today. Hi, Ollie. Hello, Steve. How are you? I'm great. And it's great to have you with us. Thank you for making time because I know it's been a really busy period for you in the lead up to the launch of this new project. Is it a big project for you, Five Live? Is that a big thing? Yeah, it is a big thing. I mean, it's a big network, it's a big project. Uh, we see it as, uh, as an important part of, uh, you know, the radio industry and we see the uh, station as being uh, uh, w- you know one of the key networks in the UK so we put a lot into it for sure and tell me Ollie about delicious digital because you're you're not known primarily as a radio imaging company no uh, we're not a traditional jingle company that's for sure uh, although my background is uh, very much within radio imaging uh, my focus has always been on news and talk formats and uh, but Delicious is a, a custom music house, so we produce music to brief for all formats. Uh, we work across radio, across television, across films and film trailers, computer games, uh, uh, and a lot of television. Um, but we're not a traditional jingle company, you know, the likes of uh, Wise Buddha or Real World, who tend to focus on that market, and uh, and we tend to write bespoke tracks for radio networks, but they tend not to be jingles in the traditional sense. So for you, what is different about doing a radio project from from all the others? Well, I think uh, there are two things. Uh, To be honest with you, we tend not to to do uh, music radio for a start uh, because, you know, it takes a specific skill and a specific sound and uh, a lot of the big companies that cover that area have been doing it for years and years so what we tend to do is just work um work on a brief and create music and create you know custom composition and production that we feel is going to fit the brand perfectly and we try and do a you know a unique sound so where other companies perhaps use similar packages or re-sing or uh, or, or, or share their music across lots of different networks across the world. We just work on one specific project for one client. And, uh, and I think from a radio point of view, uh, it allows us to extend our experience in media branding without creating a, a sort of multifaceted jingle package that uh, uh, is all things for all people. Now, you've done the imaging for BBC Radio 5 Live since 2009, so it's your, your current work on air now. Um, tell me a little bit about the, the process that you have to go through when you tender for these projects uh, and when the commissioning brief comes in. What, what's that like from your perspective? I think it's fair to say that 5 Live is our radio home. I mean, it is a station that we've been a part of for many, many years. 
Um, and uh, and I think it's our dedication to one network, and not just the network, but the understanding and knowledge of the genre and the type of station that it is that allows us to have a, a speciality and expertise in this space. So uh, when the BBC put the package out to tender, I think there was a natural feeling that the the main players would be interested in pitching for it and would consider it a, a, a jingle package, a, a network imaging package for a national network. The process of pitch was that we were invited to pitch. The pitch was put out publicly across the, the commissioning websites and uh, and we set to delivering what we felt was the, the best package we could with the best ideas. And how much work do you do for the pitch? For us, this time round, we decided to deliver quite a big package. We felt that it was important not just to be able to demonstrate a musical idea and a production style, but to actually show how it works across the network in the various areas. So when we started thinking about the best way to demonstrate our idea, we felt that it wasn't just about demonstrating a specific logo or a specific music bed. A large part of that process was about how does the music work together? How does it fit across the day parts? How does it, uh, how does it work from sequence to sequence? So from our point of view, the best way of doing that was to be able to write as much as we possibly could, produce as much as we could, so that when we went in to talk to Five Live about our idea, we were able to show them not just what a great musical logo it was or what great composition and production techniques we had, but it was about how the network's going to sound when the, when the imaging is across the whole network, rather than just demonstrating a specific style or a specific logo. Well, we are going to hear some of those examples in uh, in the next uh, few minutes, but um, it does have a specific logo melody at the heart of it, uh, and we'll hear that in a minute. Just tell me about the origins of that. How? What was the creative thought process you went through to get this logo melody? It, for us, it was all about creating a melody that, one, represented the station and its output but two would be a branding tool that uh, would allow people to understand and relate to the station and connect with the station wherever they are previous packages uh, we'd had a pretty traditional audience platform they were all listening on am now we understand that five live is across am it's across digital it's on demand it's uh, it reaches lots of different places so we needed to create a, a melody logo that people would be able to recognize and immediately connect with the station and the other thing that we did very carefully was to create a melody logo that people would be able to digest and remember so part of the composition process of the logo was to make something that played the logo twice and this business of repeating the logo in interesting ways across a cut is something that perhaps music stations have done in the past where they, they use voiceovers to say the name of the station two or three times within each jingle. But when you're dealing with music on its own and you're dealing with a, a non-music format, you kind of want to use the same ideas, but you want to use them musically. So what we did was we built a melody that could be played twice in every cut that happened. And what are we going to hear that demonstrates that first? Well, the best example of it is probably the main station ID, where what you'll hear is the logo played uh, in a proud way um, at the beginning of it, and then it finishes with a short stab.
Yes, you said proud and the use of the is it French horns in there? That sounds like a very proud sound to me. Yeah, we needed to uh, deliver a sound that had uh, authority and had uh, heritage and was clearly representing what the network was about. But of course, news music has gone a long way from being big orchestras and uh, a clone of the American news sound. And so it was about creating a fusion of uh, rich orchestral instrumentation and the freshest electronica. And that's why even within a short cut, you hear your first version of the logo played orchestrally and you finish with something that feels quite fresh and quite different. The BBC has been very brave in putting new music onto news over the years. I think putting David Lowe on the BBC News uh, was a brave move. And yet now we just associate that with the sound of news music. And so from our point of view, we're trying to build a package that has the best in electronica and futuristic sounds, but also has some heritage and some authority. And a nice way to do that is to fuse the uh, the two genres. Well, shall we hear the top of the hour minute so that we can hear a lot of the layered instrumentation in there? Sure. Uh, and uh, what would you particularly ask us to listen out for as we hear this track? I think uh, your top of hour sequence is key. Not only does it brand the network and tell the listeners what they're listening to, but it also uh, has to trigger uh, a moment in every listener and every presenter who's on the air. They have to know what's coming up, what's happening. And so what we did was build a, uh, a piece of music that evolved quite organically, starts quite stripped back and electronic, and then we layer more instrumentation into it. And we wanted to build uh, a piece of music that had acoustic sounds in it, that had uh, orchestral sounds in it, because... Now now you can hear it previously across the AM. It was quite difficult to hear these things. Now we have an opportunity to mix in a very spatial way to be able to provide something that sounds very different. Um, various signposts throughout the minute. So you'll hear at 30 seconds, there's a little signpost within the track. We, uh, we used uh, the BBC pips as a, as a way of being able to deliver a news quality into the music but rather than just using them as a time signal we used them musically and you need to create a piece of music that that people will learn um, how it goes you need them to be able to start recognizing it very very quickly because they need to talk to time there's no flexibility at the top of the hour on five live you know you've got to hit your marks and so what we did was build a piece of music that worked perfectly over a minute and then as you get to the end of the piece of music, uh, the pips reappear, but they reappear as a time signal. And so that leads us to uh, the top of the hour in a very accurate way. And it delivers some BBC heritage into something that perhaps doesn't sound terribly BBC-like. And that's a very important thing. And everything we're going to play in this part of the podcast today is the track. It's the clean track, so uh, none of it's smothered with voiceover. You can hear all the instrumentation in every track we're playing. So let's play now the top of the hour minute.
Hayley, you like that? I do like that. It ramps up really nicely. It builds the excitement, I think. It's nice. Fantastic. And we heard there's a sequence there towards the, the end where there's a little shelf in there for the voiceover to sit. Uh, so it's quite a structured minute. Yeah, it's a really structured minute. And, and I think it's important that the music is, you know, it's not intrusive. It doesn't dominate what you're listening to, but it supports what you're listening to. And, uh, and I think that's a really key thing for all the music across Five Live, because you're not talking about a network where you have jocks who are firing in music that's very loud and very punchy and they're jumping in and out of it. What you're talking about is music that brands the station that has to work for such a wide variety of broadcasters mm. to talk over. And I think that's a really important part of the way we think about the network as well because uh, we have what we call the Peter Allen test. So however far you feel you're pushing your music electronically, you still have to think... What's this going to sound like with Peter on it? Mm. What's this going to sound like with various presenters on it? Your sports sequences in the evening, you know you're going to have a different broadcast sound to those that you will have at breakfast, that you'll have in different day parts. So the, the top of the hour has to work for everyone. And that's why getting that balance right for that up to our music is so important. And of course, Five Live is a very conversational radio station. So what do you do in the music tracks to ensure that the intelligibility of the speech remains paramount when you've got presenters who are not going to be pitching up like a poptastic disc jockey might? I think we're very conscious that the presenters on Five Live are journalists. I mean, these are, these are news and uh, sport experts who are talking in a conversational way to an eager audience. And I think that finding that balance of music that supports that but doesn't battle with it is really important. So a lot of, a lot of lightness, a lot of um, airiness in the sort of upper mid-ranges of the frequencies there so that human speech can still cut through. Yeah, and, and not too busy. Mm. I mean, I think there's a tendency to, to overcompose and overwrite uh, and, and I think what you need to do is allow space for people to be able to talk. I mean, a lot of these pieces of music get played a lot of the time. <laughs> you know, every hour you've got the same top of hour sequence. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, various news and sports sequences that happen throughout the programmes. So you need to be able to make sure that the music is never overly repetitive, certainly not boring, but a certain... Uh, ability to be able to create a piece of music that feels familiar and comfortable every time you hear it allows a, a, a good bond between listener and the output. And it's clear just looking at the, um, the waveform of the track here on the screen that you've been, um, you've been very moderate with the, the mastering. There's no aggressive uh, mastering across these tracks. Yeah, I mean, we have to understand what the network is and how it sounds and how it works. So for every piece of custom work we do, for whatever network we write for, we're very conscious of how the music's going to be played out, who's going to be talking over it, what levels things are going to be run at. I mean, traditionally, Five Live runs their music quieter than Radio 1 or Radio 2 run their music as underscores, and we have to understand that, and we, we appreciate that, and that's part of, I think, our USP is our ability to be able to say we're not only thinking about what our final product's going to be, we're thinking about what the network's final product's going to sound like. Does the uh, brief matter to you when you know the client so well anyway? Do you even read the brief? Does it matter? It definitely matters. 
you have to have an understanding of what they're looking for in the future. But of course, uh, knowing a station and understanding the network and understanding the type of format that the station in is is very important to us. And I think that if there was one thing that really gave us the edge, it was not just our ability to write a great piece of music that worked on the air, but it was an understanding of the genre and the format as a whole. I mean, we're news junkies, we're sports junkies. This is our area of expertise. And I think it's fair to say that we, we the reason we're not in the jingle game is because there takes a special type of skill to play that game. For us, we've branded news stations in the UK and all over the world. We've branded sports networks. So f- for us, this was the the ultimate home for all of that knowledge. You mentioned that you've got a lot of acoustic and orchestral sounds in there. Who's playing that stuff? Well, it's a mixture of, uh, of uh, mu- musicians that are within... Delicious Digital. So within our setup, we have multiple studios and multiple composers and musicians in every day. So we have guitarists and bass players and drummers. The musical director, who is Ed Morris, who looks after most of the composition and uh, the musicianship on the Five Live package, and uh, and various other musicians from within the company who come in. Just the nice thing about Delicious is that uh, we have a real strong focus on real instrumentation, real recording, uh, fine production techniques, and we're not rooted in a digital environment. So we're not guys who sit on a Pro Tools rig and make everything electronically. We actually have quite a traditional, some might say almost old-fashioned approach to making music where we have full live rooms, full recording rooms. We mix through Neve desks. We mix through, uh, you know, the finest analogue equipment. And in fact, within... The Five Live package is some wonderful analog synthesizer work that can only be created by a mastermind who understands what those instruments actually do. And they add a different sound to our music. Um, We once did a uh, piece of work for the BBC when uh, they were introducing a new Doctor Who, when Matt Smith was introduced as a new Doctor Who. And they asked us to compose a piece of music to run with the trailers that were going with that moment. And when the producers came in, they said, your studios are like the old-fashioned radiophonic workshop. This is, in a sense, so refreshing for us to see that it's not just an entirely digital environment. There's real musicianship and, and real production. Well, let's hear another one of your tracks. And this time, listen out for the Moog. What shall we hear? Well, previously, Five Live had had separate pieces of music for weather and travel and for sport, and they were individual cuts. So we felt that it was an interesting thing to do would be to actually compose and write in sequences. So when we started thinking about uh, news and weather and travel, we were talking about a single piece of music that we felt, with small changes to the production, could create different characteristics as you went through. So uh, one of the things that was decided by the team at Five Live was that they wanted to have a single piece of music that ran under weather and straight into travel. And so we built a track that uh, starts in a specific style with a a very open sound and something quite organic with some nice uh, percussion and ride cymbals and piano in it. And then as the weather news turns into the travel news... Uh, underneath the track changes 
And so we've built a track that develops in stages. So at the beginning, you'll hear your weather music. And because you never know quite how long everything's going to be, another big difference between music stations and speech stations, you know, a music station might say, you've got 10 seconds of weather and that's it. Now, we know that there has to be flexibility within the music because on Five Live, that's not necessarily the case. A big story breaks, you've got to be able to work with it. And that can be a big weather story, it can be a big travel story. So this is a track that evolves and changes uh, and gives each new section a slightly different audio character. But uh, it's a really nice piece of music. So that's the bed there for the weather. And what happens now? And now the track opens up a little bit and we head into travel. So weather and travel together, one composition, but structured in a way that helps the presenters and and the listeners get used to that format. Yeah, totally. And I think uh, it's important that weather has its own sound and its own style because people tune in for that forecast and weather on Five Live is really important. And I think that having having a, a piece of music that is directly related to weather is great what we've provided is a way for it to be uh, an intro to a travel bed as well, so that you're not dealing with two different pieces of music and different identities. It is a lot of change in one go, and you and I both know this because we've done this before. There will be complaints from the audience, won't there? Well, I tell you what, Steve, from my point of view, when we built the package, the idea was to do something that, on one hand, was... Um, on one hand was a a reinvention of what was on the air and on the other hand something completely new and I think it's really important that when you put a new package onto a station you don't just alienate your listeners by doing something entirely different I think there's a fair chance that a lot of the listeners will say well I can't really hear very much that's really different about it and I think it's... um, I think it's important that they will, as it develops and as the station plays it more and more, they will realise that actually what they're doing is they're recognising Five Live in a slightly different way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's about, it's, about, um, it's about developing the sound that is on the air and at the same time reinventing it. 
Well, if you do get complaints from from listeners, then we should compare notes because I've got some crackers from a few projects <laughs> I've done. But what you do, I've discovered, is you, you wait a few months, maybe three months or so, and then you go back to those listeners and see if they're happy, and they always are. Yeah, I think, I, it, from our point of view, Steve, uh, the, the previous package had been on for a long time. Mm. I think that listeners to Five Live actually want to have more of an identity to be able to connect with. I think that the network will feel refreshed and exciting. And I think when you deliver new music and new branding into a, into a national network, people rise to it. Presenters like it, producers like it, the station has a fresh sound, and I think an audience can pick up on that. So I think that they will only feel uh, excited and happy to actually start connecting with the uh, with the network again from an audio point of view and one thing you've done ollie in this package to help that process is you've got a much more single-minded idea across the whole station this time and i think we're going to hear something from sport now where you'll hear again the the logo melody being used in a slightly different way but to me this package feels uh, a lot more coordinated is that fair yeah totally what we wanted to do uh, was unite the various parts of Five Live through music. And I think it's fair to say that as a news and sports station, there are people who tune to Five Live for sport and there are people who tune in for news and for conversation. And so to have a logo that works across all areas is really important. So, yeah, we, we, have trying, we are trying to unify the various parts of the output musically. Mm. And I think sport is uh, such an important part of the network and sport is such a key part of the BBC's heritage. And so part of our thought process when we looked at sport was understanding how the BBC as a whole uses sport. Now, as, as well as writing music for Five Live in this instance, we also write an awful lot of custom music for BBC Sport generally. We write for big sports promos and big trailers across TV, and we provide a lot of music for uh, in-programme sport across rugby, across football, across tennis, uh, athletics. we, We deliver a lot of music for sport. So we have an understanding about the way the BBC use music in sport and why they use the specific tracks. And that is finding, again, a nice balance between uh, what is commercially out there and exciting and new and fresh in order to bring in a specific type of audience, but it's also an understanding and a recognition of the retro music that exists within sport as well, because we accept that there are key pieces of music within the BBC's sporting arsenal, if you like, that are key brand tracks. We recognise the chain is a key part of Formula One. We recognise the Wimbledon music. We recognise the match of the day theme. We recognise all these pieces of heritage music are very important for the network. So when we started thinking about sport, we were thinking, do we want to lose these? Do we want to tell people they're not going to use them anymore? Do we want to tell people that this is in the past? No. From our point of view, uh, and, and acceptance and uh, and uh, pride in that musical association is really important. What we wanted to be able to do was make sure that musically during Sport 5 Live also had its own brand sound. And I think that's something that's really important for Sport ongoing. So we've written a theme, 
which is a variation of the main theme and uh, a variation of the logo. And, uh, and, and our inspiration for that really came from listening really carefully to what sort of music various parts of the BBC use for sport. And we very much felt that it needed to be something that we would push to a slightly younger audience. We felt that was very important. Um, and we wanted something that would work again in different sections with builds that people would be able to deliver montages over, talk over, uh, and a fresh sound to the logo that clearly sounds different to the news logo. think you recognise an influence there. It's very Jess Glynn, isn't it? Well, it's about providing a piece of music that feels very current and very fresh. And, uh, and uh, you know, as I said before, we listened to what was being used and how it was being used. We wanted a good tempo. We wanted an interesting sound that would work not just for talking over, but for, uh, for clips and content to be used over it. But I think the key thing about it is that, again, you hear your melody twice. And that's, a, that's the key part of it. Throughout the whole track, the melody appears, various little moogs playing the melody in the background of it that sort of seep in and out. But at the end of the track, the final thing you hear is your melody appears twice in three seconds. And that's repetitive branding at its best. Ollie, it's great to hear uh, the story behind this package. You've clearly put a lot of intelligent thought into it, as well as the musicianship. I hope it's a huge success for you. Are you expecting to be uh, doing lots of top-ups for the station over the, the years ahead, or is, or is this package that you deliver at the outset it? Uh, no, we are absolutely expecting that the package will go down very well with the listeners and, uh, and with the management. And uh, and yes, we're, I'm sure there will be more things to add into it. It's a pretty comprehensive package at the moment, but there will be new things to add into the package, of course. And I think it's important that, you know, you do take time to listen to it on the air and reflect on where it works well and where it works less well and make sure that you can tweak it so that uh, it becomes a, you know, a very strong audio brand that people will relate to ongoing. Sounds like you're on call. Always on call. <laughs> Ollie, great pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for being within Earshot today. My pleasure, Steve. Thanks. Uh, Hayley, we need to pick up a bit of your uh, Hayley's homework. OK, so Mark in Birmingham asked for information about this. 
Radio 1 will be on 1053 and 108.9 Oh yes, we played that last time. Yes, we played this on a previous show, Some Enchanted Wavelengths by the King's Singers. Oh, we didn't know that's what it was called. No, but it was released as a single in 1974 on the EMI label. The King Singers was formed by members of King's College, Cambridge in the late 60s. Uh, singing bass on that recording was Brian Kay, who also wrote and arranged the music. Brian went on to have a career as a broadcaster on Radio 2 and Radio 3, and he won a Sony in 1996. Oh yes, he's um, presented one of my favourite shows on the radio. Friday night is music night. I love that show. It's expensive radio at its best. Uh, And I hope that answers your question, Mark. Then some enchanted wavelengths it was called. Thank you and thanks to you, Hayley, and to Ollie, and to Paul Fernley from Real World, and Pete Maguire from RTE 2FM, all for being part of today's show. Show notes, pictures and links are all at earshotcreative.com. And thanks to you for being within Earshot. Earshot with Steve Martin.